If ever you go to Dublin town in a hundred years or so, inquire for me in Baggett Street and what I was like to know. He was a queer one, full of little Ido. He was a queer one, and I'll tell you. Hello and welcome to, if ever you go, a Northside Dublin perspective. My name is Pat Lynch and I hope you will join me as we journey through the Dublin One City One book selection for 2014 entitled, If Ever You Go, A Map of Dublin in Poetry and Song. In this programme, we continue our literary journey of Northside Dublin, this time through the area of Dublin 7, focusing on Mountjoy Jail and Smithfield. The poems featured in this programme are Dublin Girl, Mountjoy Jail, 1984 by Dermot Bulger, Smithfield Saturday by Nessa O'Mahony, North Brunswick Street Lullaby by John McAuliffe, Echo Street Bloomsday, 1982 by Harry Clifton, but first we asked pupils of St David's National Boys' School to tell us about their favourite poems. Probably Seamus Heaney, Midterm Break, because like all the imagery and all. When he reads all of the lines, I just like, our teacher tells us to put our head down and then we share like all the images that we get. When his brother died, he was, his neighbours collected him and I imagined that like he was looking out the car thinking of what happened because he was doing some like walking so he didn't know what happened and I imagined him just looking out the window. Walt, Whitman, oh captain my captain. Well we start reading If by Kipling and I was really interested in that. It like gives you information on how to do stuff right and not to do anything like real serious. I read uh, Kipling's poem If and I read Midterm Break. I forget who it's by. Uh, the funny poems are the best. Um, yeah, the funny poems are mostly my favourite. I sometimes uh, just I don't know, Shakespeare. I usually read because his poems are uh, sometimes funny and uh, his poems sometimes are emotional. Sometimes some of his poems are a bit kooky, uh, but I think they're really fun. Uh, fun. Um, just like funny ones to start off and then we start getting like World War because we're doing that topic. So we did all like Seamus Heaney and Wilfred Owens and W.B. Yeats. Um, William Blake. I like him a lot. What I like about poetry is that most of the lines rhyme, and I really like that in a poem. To know um, Rodal Kipling, there's this guy that came in last year called to- co- um, Tony Curtis, and he started going through loads of poems, but I can't remember them now. Dermot Bulger reads and discusses his poem, Dublin Girl, Mountjoy Jail, 1984. I dreamt it all. From end to end the carriageway, the rivulet behind the dairy streaked with crystal, a steel moon glinting in a guttered stream of rain, and the steep hill that I would crest to find her, my child asleep in my old bedroom beside my sister. I dreamt it all, and when I woke, fort of girls were clamouring under the bars of the windows, White shapes waving against the dark skyline, praying for hands to reply from the men's cells before screws broke up the vigil of handkerchiefs. 
I dreamt it all, the times I swore, never again to walk that carriage way, a rivulet of heroin glowing in my veins until I shivered in its aftertaste and hid with my child in the closed-down factory where my brain snapped like a brittle fingernail. I dreamt it all, the longing to touch her, the seance in the cell when we screamed at the picture fallen, the warmth of circle hands after the frozen glass between my child and me, a warder following her words to be rationed out and lived off for days afterwards. I dreamt of you, who means all to me, my daughter. How we might run to that carriageway by the rivulet, and when I woke, a blue pupil was patrolling my sleep, jailing my dreams into the vacant orbit of its world, narrowed down to a spy hole, a globed eyelid closing. Darren, with a very haunting, dreamlike poem there, um, there's a lot of things suggested, and obviously the use of the, 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 the dreamlike, I dreamt sequence again. I was just wondering, what your, was the inspiration behind this poem? I did a writer's workshop with Nuala Nigonal in the women's prison in Mount Joy. This is the old women's prison, which was a very, very grim place. Uh-huh. It's funny because Nuala was talking about it on the radio six months afterwards on uh, that RT programme after the news. And she said the conditions were really bad. I said Demet Bulger, who was in Mount Joy Jail loads of times, mm-hmm. said conditions were really, really good in the men's prison. It <laughs> <laughs> caused my poor father consternation. But I gave both his workshops in the men's prison. And in the men's prison, there was a sense of bravado and they did this and that. But in the women's prison, it was just a sense of sadness. Mm-hmm. And they were in for much minor crimes. They were in for shoplifting because uh, they were on heroin and they had children and they missed their children and they were very open about their emotions and it was hard to teach writing in, in that circumstance. It was more a case of talking and, and you smuggle out love letters from them and they were... Uh, there was one particular girl from Fingness and she had wrists that were slightly slashed and mm. she talked about her daughter and that carriageway is the dual carriageway in Fingness and that abandoned down factory is now a white water shopping centre and so that, that, that landscape has changed totally yeah. but, but whenever I go up that, that motorway still I still imagine her walking to Fingness uh, to, see, to see her child uh, and she really rationed out the days when she would see her child so it was just trying to capture something of the life that I saw in that prison and of the of the dreams that's on people and of the openness and the honesty of people talking about the sense of loss of being separated, uh, mothers being separated from their children. Yeah, and, and that comes through a lot because we do, I suppose when we hear prison, we tend to think predominantly of men all the time. And yes, it's hard for a father to be away from his children, but the whole idea of a, what it must be like for a mother to be away from her children. There's a whole mother being away. And also, fellas in prison, look to some extent like fellas outside prison yes. there was a certain like uh, attire that, yes. that went with it but again uh, young women like were stripped of makeup and of sort of hair uh, doing and all those sort of things that would that all those things that would make them feel good about themselves so yeah. those options went there and we, and we actually had a seance one day himself and Newell and Nigonel and these <laughs> girls sitting around and uh, there was a sense of they just really welcomed whereas the fellas really had a great sense of bravado about them and everything else these girls just really welcomed the chance to just talk yeah. and uh, so it was and to tell someone their story 
and afterwards I sort of felt because the they, the poems they wrote were good poems that weren't really good I sort of felt I wanted to write a poem that would be the type of poem that they might like to write yeah yeah and and, and there is that sense of the, the past as well you, you do describe the it's almost like the past meeting the present well there is because because uh, prison is, is a static place it can yes. be a dangerous place but it's a static place and you're really you're living the, the past primarily in because you're you're so confined you're so locked up and it is that sense of that cocktail of regret and hope that uh, you dwell on particularly in those long hours when you're locked up at night a hungry feeling came on me stealing and the mice went squealing in my prison cell. And the owl triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. To begin the morning, the screw was bawling. Gaze up your bowsy and clean out your cell. And the owl triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. In the female prison there was fifty-seven women and there amongst them I long to dwell. But the owl triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. In the early evening, the lag he lay sleeping, and he was dreaming of his gal Sal. But the owl triangle went jingle jangle all along the banks of the Royal Canal. That was The L Triangle, sung by Vincent Smith. Next we hear Eccles Street, Bloomsday, 1982, by Harry Clifton, read for us by Alan Weldon. One-sided, stripped of its ghosts, the half that was left of Eccles Street, stood empty on that day of days. My own unconscious feet would carry me through to a blind date or a rendezvous. Invisible pressure, invisible heat, laid down the blue coordinates of an Hellenic city. From Phoenix Park to the Marion Gates were disconnected at one remove from wisdom or eternal love. A million citizens worked, ate meals, or dreamt a moment of joyce, and felt themselves wholly real, the equals of faith, the masters of choice, as I did too on Eccles Street before ever you and I could meet. In the larger scheme, coincidence, ruled invisibly the casual date, upstaged by Greek infinities, moving among us like common sense, imprisoning, setting me free to dream and circumambulate. In a myth too young to be formed, I would build it myself from the ruined door of Bella Cohen's body house, from other basements, other whores, unbuttoning their blouses forever while traffic swarmed. And the lights outside turned green and red on shifting planes of reality, and you, eternal student red, of Joyce in the National Library, 
or stood in the crowd, my love unseen, at the unveiling in Stephen's Green. An hour went by on Echo Street, two drunks at ease in the matter portals, swigged and sang Republican songs. I watched a line of taxis wait and saw where real grass had sprung through mythic pavements already immortal. Green as life and unresearched, I had come only that morning from Ringsend Docks and Sandy Mount Church. Along the arc of Odyssey, with my invisible yearning to break the circle, set myself free. As you had yours until one day, in the prefigured city, where every step is a step of faith and recognition comes only later, we would meet, you and I, weigh anchor at last and go away. Nessa O'Mahony reads and discusses her poem, Smithfield Saturday. He only took this route in early mornings, herring through green lights and the occasional red, as if we owned the paper-strewn streets. But when we crossed the bridge, our car gave way to rumbling juggernauts. Forklifts turned laden pallets on a penny through plastic ribbon doors. Following at a distance, we clutched hands, obeyed his curt commands over roaring engines and the baritone of traders. Nearer, burning rubber and diesel fumes were laced with citrus mixed with the sweet breath of ripe bananas, the damp earth odour of potato sacks. Inside, we ranged from stall to stall, Aladdin's counting out the loot, hovering once the choice was made, the crate jemmied to reveal its crinkle-papered hoard. Our father, transformed to haggler, picked up the fruit and sniffed each expertly, his voice in muted undertone for the transaction. He always knew his man, exchanging racing tips before the spit and handshake polished off the deal. Back past rows of exotica we never tasted, past straw-filled crates showing labels garish with palm trees and pyramids, arguing the toss on whether Jaffa was the place or just a trader's name. a lovely um, memory if you like captured and but this one particularly magical because of it, the childhood aspect as well and uh, absolutely yeah this 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 was uh, a very early memory I probably was six or seven when this was happening back in the the Austin Cambridge with my four brothers and sisters uh, going with dad to Smithfield to buy the the oranges and I don't know how often we did this I don't know how long it took a family of, of five kids to go through a box of of a crate of oranges but just the the the, the magic of that experience into this again another strange new world yeah. um, and all the sights and sounds and the sense of of that transaction um, actually the, the the trader dad dealt with regularly was uh, a brother-in-law of my uncle so dad knew who he was dealing with um, but we didn't have a clue we just sort of saw this this mysterious transaction going on um, and then you know the, the, the booty being uh, gathered up and, and brought home so I wanted to capture all that those strange experiences from, from the perspective of the small child Sure and is this literally your dad buying fruit for the family in terms of bypassing the shop or yeah. because he had the contact yeah. there Yeah and this so this would have been you know I'm ageing myself but this would have been the late 60s when I guess you know it was far more common for people mm. to, to go and buy wholesale yes um, 
now whether there was any kind of of, of uh, family discount there as well I don't know um, it's far too long for the revenue to worry about it but um, I think dad was a thrifty man with five uh, hungry children to feed yeah. and buying in bulk was the way to go but my mother who's still alive can't actually remember how often we made that trip and maybe only have been two or three times over a season Yeah, but just the magic of it absolutely the it's, magic it stood it. out Yeah, and it reminded me I think it will for a lot of the readers and listeners as well that we all have maybe some experience of something to feel like that I remember going to my own grandfather there as well and it was this sense of being in other words, you didn't know this existed beyond shops and whatever. If, Absolutely, know. yeah. And, and you know, the, the, they're saying that they're going to bring it back. I think it would be a, a wonderful thing because markets, if you think of, of other cities, uh, the, the markets are a centrepiece. Um, even the English market in Cork, but, you know, go to Barcelona, go to Paris. Dublin Smithfield sh- deserves to be yeah. at the centre of What is of there now? Because I do pass by it on the way to the lighthouse and it looks, looks to be very kind of closed up and dilapidated at the moment. I mean, there? I think they still have uh, wholesale operations right. and I think the plan is to sort of bring the infrastructure back to, to, to a place where people can visit again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would be wonderful if they did that because sure. it was it was a magical place in the late 60s. But 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 again, go back to the poem, great image there. I mean, I love the line where you describe because again, it just... Again, what poetry does so well is it just names something captures it. The whole idea of um, the forklift um, turned Indian pallets on a penny through plastic ribbon doors. We know exactly yeah. what they are. We've gone through them so many times. It's, it's that imagery. And again, these guys would have been driving those those uh, forklifts, you know, all their lives. So they were like ballet dancers, yeah, yeah. Um, able to to manipulate us in our big car. The strangers coming in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm playing, I suppose, with all those perspectives. Yeah, and and again, lovely imagery too of the the, the they're literally like kids in a sweet shop. It, it's this idea of this exotic, this foreignness, uh, this other world yeah. compared to maybe it might have been a drab Saturday or something. They went in or whatever, and they're brought somewhere else entirely, yeah. aren't they? But you remember those those boxes of dates yeah. as well, and the, the palm trees on them. Now That's we right. never bought the dates, <laughs> but we always wondered what they were like, yeah. and just that sense of 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 strangeness, exotica. I was very excited a couple of years ago because I went to the Holy Land with my mother. And we actually saw signs that said Jaffa on it. Yeah. And I said, it is a place, it is a place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when you're a small child, everything seems strange and new and exotic. Yeah, yeah. and they're kind of kind of feasting with the eyes, but you know it's feeding into this, uh, it's almost a longing kind of. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. How would this stuff taste? <laughs> and, and I suppose, again, the adult uh, is forgetting that, you know, they've had all these experiences in the meantime and know how knows the tastes. Yeah. You know, as a child, everything is wonderful. And at the end, that's as well is the idea that your father's clearly gone there with a mission but maybe without the realisation of, of the wonderful effect it's having for the children it's a whole different thing No absolutely and I think that, you know that the, the he was a great racing man my father you know he would always have conversations about uh, likely prospects in, in the, the 230 at Kempton or whatever but again that was part of the language of of mystery as yeah. a child because yeah. you know you weren't in on the secret particularly yeah it's kind of like a coded world at yeah, times isn't it yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. To find your way into it yeah. and now North Brunswick Street Lullaby by John McAuliffe read for us by Alan Weldon when the sirens don't blast the air when they've put out the fire and broken up the breaking and the melee then the passing traffic sounds like the sea saying hush uselessly to the crowds on the streets who are out of their heads who are seeing different things in the same light, who won't stop telling everyone about, the taxis having it sewn up altogether, the next big thing who's a cavern boxer, the latest, cheapest one-way ticket west, 
the boyfriend's new girlfriend's bad conscience. That song, the song you've never heard, that goes something like this. We asked pupils of St David's National Boys' School to recite some of their favourite poems, beginning with Joshua, who reads The Poison Tree by William Blake. I was angry with my friend. I told my rat. My rat did end. I was angry with my foe. I told it not. My rat did grow. And I watered it with fears. Night and morning with my tears. And I sunned it with my smiles. And with my soft, delectful wiles. And it grew both day and night. Till it bore on apple bright. And my foe beheld it shine. And he knew that it was mine. And into my garden stole. When the night had veiled the pole. In the morning glad I see. My foe outstretched beneath the tree. Daniel reads If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster. And treat those two impostors just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken. Twisted by knaves and to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and building em up with walnut tools if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and love and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone, and so hold when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with the crowd and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor living friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Liam reads First Day at School by Roger McGough. A million billion billion miles from home, waiting for the bell to go, to go where? Why are they all so big, other children, so noisy, so much at home they must have been born in uniform? Lived all their lives in playgrounds, spent the years inventing games that they don't let me in, games that are rough that swallow you up. And the railings, all around the railings. (coughs) Are they to keep out wolves and monsters, things that carry off and eat children? Things that don't take sweets from. 
perhaps there to stop us from getting out, running away from the lessons. Lesson, what does a lesson look like? Sounds small and slimy. They keep them in the glass rooms, whole rooms made out of glass. Imagine, I wish I could remember my name. Mummy said it would come in useful, like wellies. When there are puddles, yellow wellies. I wish she was here. I think my name is sewn on somewhere. Perhaps the teacher will read it for me. Teacher, the one who makes tea. Dan reads. I know an old teacher. I know an old teacher who, who swallowed a flea. It fell from her hair and plopped in her tea. Did you see that? See what? Miss Binney swallowed a flea. A nasty flea. How can that be? I know an old teacher who swallowed a spider. It crawled down the wall and sat down beside her. She swallowed the spider to gobble the flea that fell from her hair and plopped in her tea. Can you believe that? Believe what? Miss Binney swallowed a spider. She swallowed the spider right after the flea. How can that be? I know an old teacher who swallowed a fish. It swam down her throat with a swishy swish. She she swallowed the fish to gobble the spider. She swallowed the spider to gobble the flea that fell from her hair and plopped in her tea. I know you saw that. Saw what? Miss Binney swallowed our fish. She swallowed our fish. A fish, a spider and a flea. How can that be? I know an old teacher who swallowed a rat. She gulped that rat in two seconds flat. She swallowed the rat to gobble the fish. She swallowed the fish to gobble the spider. She got. She swallowed the spider to gobble the flea that fell from her and plopped in her tea. I can't look. Is it bad? Miss Binley swallowed our rat. A a rat, a fish, a spider, a flea. How can that be? Thank you for joining us on If Ever You Go, a Northside Dublin perspective. Our exploration of the Northside of Dublin through poetry and song. And many thanks to all the guests who featured in this programme. For further information on this series, check out nearfm.ie forward slash if ever you go serious. If ever you go to Dublin town in a hundred years or so, inquire for me in Baggett Street and what I was like to know. He was a queer one, full of diddle I know. He was a queer one and I'll tell you. This programme was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland.